Gang, we all know that a premium Spotify subscription gives you access to millions of songs and thousands of podcasts. But did you know that a premium Spotify subscription also gets you access to tons of audiobooks for free? It does, gang. Listen to great books like Storyteller, the Dave Grohl memoir, or Life by Keith Richards, or The Woman and Me by Britney Spears. Listen, there's all kinds of books on there. There's fiction, nonfiction, self-help, anything you're looking for, man, they got it, and you can listen to it for free. Just go to Spotify.com or download Spotify from your app store and start listening today. That's Spotify. Millions of songs, thousands of podcasts, and now audiobooks. Available with your premium subscription. Spotify.com. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week, whatever it is you did this week. It's been a pretty busy week over here at uh, How Did I Get Here headquarters. We've been doing podcasts, learning songs for Skyrocket shows, heading out of town this weekend to play Skyrocket shows uh, in Houston. I'm going to head out a day early, spend the spend the night with my grandma and my aunt, hang, kind of hang out, make some dinner. We're going to make some cannellonis. I'll tell you how it goes on Tuesday's show. So I'm excited about that. Uh, gang, I wanted to let you know that Happy Land, the band that I'm playing in now, we just played our first show on Monday night at Saxon Pub. It was super fun, but that's the beginning of our residency. We're playing Mondays at the Saxon Pub here in Austin, Texas at 6 p.m. every Monday. Come on out. It's a great band. It's uh, legendary songwriter Kimmy Rhodes. It's like a songwriter in the round, but with a band. And we know each other's songs. So there's harmonies. It's like four singers. Kimmy Rhodes, me, Gabriel Rhodes, and Sean Pander. And then uh, John Chipman on drums, uh, Harmony Kelly on bass, and the great Louis Rhodes on keyboards. And man, it is a great time. The band is called Happy Land because it is Happy Land. This is a band that formed at a dinner party or at dinner parties over the last couple years. And we've always been like, man, we got to start a band. We got to have that band. We got to have a band. But we finally have it. It's called Happy Land. Come on out and enjoy Mondays with us. If you live in Austin, come out Monday night, Saxon Pub, 6 p.m., that's what we do, all right? We're doing February there, too. So uh, come on out and, and enjoy the fun. As I said, gang, I've been working on, on stuff for that band. Been doing podcasts. Got the uh, Skyrocket gigs in Houston. Heading out and spend the weekend with my grandma and my aunts. Should be super fun. And, uh, and then be back for that show on Monday for Happy Land, all right? Gang, I have a great show for you guys today. Nashville-based, not from Nashville, but Nashville-based indie folk artist, with a great pop sensibility. I don't really know how to describe people, but he's an indie folk artist and he's he's got a great pop sensibility. His name is Izzy Heltai, amazing singer-songwriter with a brand new EP that came out in October called Mostly Myself Again. Great 
great EP. It's like a whole, it's, it's almost like the wall packed into four songs. It's unbelievable. You're going to hear one of the great songs. It's called uh, 25, great mid-tempo anthem. I love a mid-tempo mellow anthem, man. Something that says, go out there and be somebody, but in a mellow way. Um, he just opened for Jason Isbell at the Ryman in October. He's had some really exciting, uh, some really exciting things going on with his career. You can find him at IzzyHelte.com. We have a really great conversation about growing up queer in Western Massachusetts and being introduced to classical music and then getting a guitar when he was 10 and realizing that, that like rock and roll and writing your own songs and that stuff was the way to go. So that's what he did. And that's what he's been doing this whole time, just writing songs, playing songs. He's only 28 years old and he's put out some really great music, man. He's also has a day plan, which is five songs written for the end of the world. Great, great album. Also, mostly myself again, get out there and check it out. This song 25, gorgeous, really heavy. We have a fantastic conversation. He's a great, 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 great hang. Uh, we have a lot of laughs. We, uh, we talk a lot about, uh, kind of explain who each other are and, and our relation to music and to Nashville and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. This is me and the great songwriter, Izzy Heltai, chatting it up. Let's get down. I should just be quiet I put my foot in my mouth These days much too often I come off as ungrateful But I'm thankful for a lot So why do I try so hard? I think I could use somebody where are you? I am in my home in Nashville right now. Okay, yeah, so you live you? there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I live here for now. Um, I have found. I just keep kind of hopping around at cheap rent wherever city I kind of <laughs> land. I don't know, but yes, I'm in Nashville for now. I just hesitate to call myself a Nashville artist because who knows. Okay, so I won't put that in the in the text of this podcast. I won't say Nashville artist. You can if you want. I much prefer. Where Where are you coming from, man? I'm in Austin. Oh hell yeah! Uh, a sister well, I, city to you. Uh, I mean, that's true. I think Austin is maybe a little cooler. The food's better. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. But I like, I was in uh, Western Massachusetts for a long time and I like claiming that more. It's a fun place. Really? Yeah. Is it, is it like what part, what is, what, what is Western Massachusetts? Like what's Western Mass? What do you mean? Like tell like, me a city uh, I might know. You might know. I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Massachusetts? Before? I have. I've been there. I've played. Uh, I'm a musician myself, and I've toured for many, many years. And I, I've played uh, that area, uh, mostly just Boston, Worcester, and uh, and Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Which I think so of them all as like, the same area, kind of. Honestly, that's fair. Especially coming from Texas, it's like the Northeast is so small compared to you guys. Right. But I was out, I was in uh, Northampton for a long time. Okay. Which is. I know where that is. A little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit west of Worcester, but it's great. It's like a small city, um, really cool art scene and like pretty removed or removed enough. Yeah. Um, that you have like a lot of great access to the outdoors. You know, in all of my, my years of going to Nashville, I've always been, uh, 
been in a in a connection with the kind of the indie rock scene that happens there, which I imagine is what you would kind of be in there too. Like a, I mean, what do you, you consider yourself indie, kind of like folk rock? I think it's probably yeah, indie folky stuff. In that vein, definitely not in the country world down here. I will say that. No, I don't. no, but sometimes it's nice to 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 be in an area that isn't really what you do because you stand out a little more. I mean, to me, that that yeah. really is a thing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the indie scene here is like super tight knit. It's really cool. Um, have you spent time in like East Nashville when you've been down here? Whenever I've been there, that's, that's been the scene that I like, you know, and it's only kind of been like a day off before a day after I've never spent more than two days there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's a cool city. Um, I like it here a lot. It's definitely like, you know, I, I'm a Northeast guy through and through. I really like walking cities. So this is not so much that, but I love the people I'm around here. And that's like really what brought me down here is the people. So, yeah. I feel like, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like artists are all kind of like these, uh, you know, kind of uh, broken toys, kind of kind of in the broken toys department of, you know, and that includes everybody. I, I believe for the most part, I can't say, I can't include Kid Rock in this conversation, but uh, uh Across the board, queer, trans, straight, uh, whatever, you're still a fucking weirdo, like to normal people. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I actually, I talk about that a lot with my friends because I feel like we're kind of like being a musician or going off and doing this thing, you like become kind of like hip and cool in a way, but it's like, it all spirals from like being the weirdo and misfits of like your high school. Exactly. Exactly. So like all of a sudden we get like put in this role of like seeming intimidating and like cool to people. And I'm like, we are just like the, the really weird kids that were kind of awkward. Yeah. Growing up. Well then sometimes like there'll be like a, like you'll have some kind of gathering and it's all of your people from your tribe. And then like some, some bank dude you grew up with that you don't really, and he comes, he's like, your friends are so fucking weird. And you you look around, you're like, oh my God, we are so weird. You're right. Like, (laughs) but, but what I was going to say is a lot of that, a lot of, uh, we have to do a lot of sorting out and a lot of dreaming and a lot of time walking around amongst everybody. There's this weird isolation when it's just you walking around. You know what I mean? And your thoughts can wander and you can work on whatever kind of shit you're working through as a human or, you know, dream up the next great song. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a lot, there's a, uh, there was a, a, it wasn't the last Fiona Apple album, but it was the one before that. And I remember listening to an interview with her where they were like, how do you come up with songs? And she goes, I spent half the day walking around. Like, that's just what Uh I, I just... That's where all my shit. That's where all my shit comes from. I just go walking around. Like where it doesn't I mean, really matter. I just walk around. Well, that's it's actually really funny. So the past I've been gone. I know we have to figure out the scheduling here because I was gone. We went on my last tour in November, and then I kind of made the decision. You know, the next thing I really want to do is, is like make a record, and so it was kind of like we got nothing going on in December. I'm just kind of kind of leave. I'm like goodbye. But uh, I went to. Uh, 
spend some time with family and they're all in Italy. Oh, so basically wow. nice. it, was, it was, but I mean, dude, it was, yeah, I, uh, really, I woke up every morning. I like, yeah, people asked me, they're like, what were you doing? I was like, I was writing a lot, but that means I was mostly like taking a lot of walks. Yeah. I was going swimming. Yeah. I would go grocery shopping in like the village there. <laughs> like really not that much. Just like kind of going around thinking. <laughs> Yeah, Like trying to, I don't know. It's like, that's what we do. It's like, you know, I, and I was talking to a friend about this too, where it's like, I think, especially being in a city like Nashville, like I get quite overwhelmed, like in, in the sense of like when there's too much of this thing I do around all the time and it's inescapable, like kind of shuts me down. And like, I really need to like leave for bits to kind of like tap back into it. It's like when I'm like in my best, like calmest state, what are the things that just naturally come out? And it's songs usually. And generally it's like a lot more songs than I can do when I'm in areas where it's like all around me all the time. Is it mostly, I know that that it happens a, a different way every time, but is it uh, a lot of times to me, the, the melody hits me. That's what it like. If, if I'm out walking around, that's what hits me is, is a melody or, or a, a phrase or something. Oh no, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm a total melody guy. So you got me. It's like, it's always the hook for me. It's always the hook for me at the beginning because I think a melody is what makes a song at the end of the day. Cause I'm also not like a great instrumentalist. Like I'm not a shredder. I'm not like a guitar lick guy. Like for me, songs are about a melody and a part that really draws you in like that. Yeah. Well, now we're like 45 minutes in and I'm going to tell you this one thing. I have to say this now that you said about the shredding thing. Uh, you're a fucking great songwriter, and this rec- record, mostly myself again, uh, is really, uh, it's so open, and uh, you're able to access whatever rawness that you had gone through in a place, but with a sort of, uh, there's like an elegance, like you're not getting too wrapped up in the emotion of it. You're able to sort of report on yourself from the past without getting too... Uh, Without jerking yourself off. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that. Artists are quite self-indulgent, myself included. So, yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I realize that the things that you're writing about are probably some of the biggest things that you've gone through in your life. But it's it, uh, it doesn't bring you down. Hey, even the song like. Uh, 25 which to me has this sort of like mellow uh uh mellow mid-tempo anthem you know what i mean yeah it's very it's very uplifting you know like you 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 know uh what what you walk uh, what i walked away from as a listener in that song is that whatever uh because i'm an artist as well i kind of just figure out how that a song applies to my life uh the same way that I've overcome the things that or gotten through the challenges that I have. And it, I, I don't know, I found it really inspiring. And I think you're a great fucking songwriter. Back to the guitar heroics, though. The song Day Plan, that guitar intro, is that like inspired by Ventura Highway by, by America? I haven't thought about that, but I fucking love that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Oh my God, that's so funny. No, I, uh, that guitar lick is by, oh my God, that's so funny you mentioned that song because that 
So I made that record, that EP, when I was in Western Massachusetts. You know, it was everything was shut down. Like I said, I was in like a pretty small city, middle of nowhere. My buddies and I just kind of holed up and made that record. And the guy that played basically all the instruments on it, like he's just my buddy from high school. He's not like a musician or a professional at all. He's kind of a jazz guitar player that we have to reel in like all the fucking time and tell him to like be a little simpler but he's a social worker in philly now like he's not doing anything involved in music he's just like and that's what that's the charm of that record you know it wasn't kind of made with any like idea of like being in these cities or like doing this in any sort of way except like we are just these guys we write songs is what we've always done Um, we know nothing more than just like DIY and yeah. So it's a, it's a really special set of songs. Yeah. For me. I I think it's, I, I I feel like it's a, it's, it's really interesting to be able to pack that much into four songs like that much of a, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost a, not a, not so much of a, well, maybe a concept record, like loosely, like not like the wall, but you're, you're, there's one specific kind of thing you're getting across overall reaching theme that you're able to dig into in a matter of four songs. Roger Waters did it like with, you know, two sides of two records uh, with the wall, but like you managed to do it in four songs. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely have like a frustration with, I mean, fluff, right. Is, is what kind of English teachers always tell us in school, but I don't know. I think they're, the right word, there are the right words that need to be there and the rest you can kind of cut out and uh, nothing needs to be too long, in my opinion. At least I don't want to hear any songwriter go on for more than they need to. Yeah. So uh, obviously you have some, you, you grew up with some sort of like, I, I have the same sort of like pop sensibility. That's why I'm attracted to melodies and people who come from a melody place. And usually it takes me the second time through to really get into the lyrics, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm so connected to melody, to melody, and like I'm a I'm a McCartney guy, as opposed to the Lennon guy. Although I love the Beatles as a whole, I am more attracted to a Paul McCartney song. It's just so funny you say that because I also split people up like that because I'm also <laughs> totally a McCartney guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because it's like Rubber Soul is his baby, and it's my favorite record because oh, I yeah. think it's their like greatest folk album, and it's their weirdest like song forward record um but yeah no i've always definitely been like a melody a song guy um you know folk music is what i grew up listening to i think folk music has like the integrity and the backbone and the basis of a lot of these genres sure um okay so what what, where were you born i was born in boston okay and your parents like did you grow up there or in yeah, so my uh, mother came from Northern Italy when she was 25, 26. And then my father immigrated from Hungary, well, Belgium, but he was born in Hungary, but uh, when he was 11. And they were in Charleston, South Carolina for a bit. So that's where my father did his like teenage years. But they're both immigrants, so we're uh, first-generation American. Wow. Me yeah. too. My parents uh, came from Cuba. Oh, whoa, cool. That's more interesting. Well, no, no, no way. I mean, I'm sure the food in your house was, was it great? Can your mom cook? Or is she like the rare Italian no, person? she doesn't can? care about, <laughs> yeah, she's bad. 
Because she came to study math, so she does not care about food. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, they were listening to folk music in the house. Is that that's when yeah, you first were exposed to music? And so my mom, it was it was always a big thing because like the kind of the songwriters, the especially the women songwriters of the first the initial folk revival movement, so like sixties, seventies, like were yep. huge for her. She used to buy really expensive vinyl um, in Italy with one of her best friends. They would like. Joan Baez, Jody Mitchell, Errol King, um, one of the greatest songwriters, I think. And then on my dad's side was a lot of like blues guitar. Um, so a lot of Steve Ray Vaughan, yeah, a lot but... of Jimi Hendrix, Almond Brothers, um, and then a lot of jazz. Um, and both of them really big classical music people. Um, so we grew up listening to a lot of classical music. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess with the European influence, those kids. Uh... Did you notice that your parents grew up sort of like uh, with an, uh, an appreciation for culture built into their educational system that's not available to American people? <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about that. I mean, like we grew up. Well, hmm. it's interesting you say that, though, because I guess because the history just in those countries of that. I mean, right. The culture just is so old in well, a lot of those places. But also, like, you'll be hanging out with somebody from over there and you'll be talking. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, they'll give you some kind of spiel about, like, Rodan or something. You're like, geez, where do you know that from? They're like, oh, you didn't learn that in high school? And you're like, no, no, dude. They didn't tell us about the great artists' lives in high school. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I'm wondering. And it's like uh, they were just around it so much more with their parents, Um my also like so my dad like i said is hungarian and they have a pretty incredible tradition of opera in hungary and my great-grandfather great-great-grandfather was a pretty famous like opera translator um not and that's not saying much i mean there are not that many in hungary but uh hungary has a really big tradition of it apparently and then obviously italy but um yeah we grew up going to a lot of operas ballets um yeah, my sister and I studied classical piano for a long time. Um, that's yeah, that's like what we were around. Did you when when you went to go study classical piano? Was that sort of put on you by the parents, or did you ask for that? Oh, absolutely, put on us. Did you did you uh, <laughs> have to play piano when you were younger? No, I, I've chosen piano. I mean, it's here. You can see there's one over there, and I've got an organ and shit behind me, kind of. Uh, anyway. Um, no, I, I, my mom made me, made me, uh, take guitar lessons and, uh, I didn't really want to. And then, uh, like a year into guitar lessons, this honest to God truth, I went to go see cheap trick with a bunch of my dad's, uh, my dad's clients, kids, and they were Venezuelan. And one of them was so hot. She was a couple years older than me. And when we walked out of the show, she said that she was like, uh, oh, man, I want to sleep with Robin Zander, the lead singer of Cheap Trick. And I was uh, my favorite band. And then I turned to her and I was like, why? So I was 13. And she said, because I love guys that play guitar. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I play guitar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Started a band the next day, dude. That's seriously. That's, <laughs> I'm 55 years old now. What were you guys called? The first band, it was, yeah. it was called Zephyr. Z here, 
Dude, you know what? Here, very quickly, and then we'll get back to you, but this will make you happy. Um, you guys, for sure, I love first bands. I love kids' first bands. We changed the name because we got out of the garage and we got this gig at Kayla's birthday. But that's me. Oh, my God. At 14. And by that time, we were called Straight to the Point. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it was the 80s. It was like 1983. So that was a good name. It had a good... <laughs> You could make a good pointy logo out of a good 80s, like, font. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, so you take these 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 piano lessons. Are you still, do you still play? I mean, do you write on piano at all? I, I like, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so, like, stuff like that was, like, you know, my parents grew up, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a classic immigrant story of, like, my parents didn't grow up with that much, but, like, we're pretty, you know, they went into math sciences went to stem came computer scientists and i'm like we're pretty dedicated to getting us access to like things they didn't have and i think one of those was just music lessons like clearly like both my parents come from like are very big appreciators of music and they just thought they were great they wanted my sister and i to just have tools to figure out what we liked the most and really figure out what we want to do with our lives but not not feel um not able to do something because like you don't have access to it so it was just like they just want us to have like kind of a well-rounded sense of things um started playing piano never practiced uh was pretty terrible about it uh we actually um my sister and i were talking about this recently and did you ever play classical music like did you ever learn how to read music no no i'm totally from the streets yeah, I mean, so apparently I was not, but uh, fully went through, I think we did like 10 years of classical piano lessons. I was fully supposed to have learned how to read music, and it was only talking to my sister pretty recently that I realized that most people weren't just memorizing it. And, and I was like looking back and I was like, Oh, that's why it took me so long to literally learn any piece because I just refused to ever learn how to read music. Yeah. So it just was like stubborn enough that I, I guess I would just learn it by ear eventually. Yeah. yeah. And ignored the fact that I was supposed to be reading music. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny because even back then, um, like there, you didn't, when, when you, when did you, when did, when did you connect with music to the point where you're like, I'm going to do this? Like, how old were you? It was, it, I was like probably like 13 when I started playing guitar and really became more centered around like songs. And I was like, Oh, there is a part of music that I really fuck with. It's just not kind of like technical stuff. Right. Right. Classical music's amazing, but it's almost like uh, indiscreet music. Like you can have it on in the back. It doesn't demand any of your attention or anything. And there's something about being able to say something and be heard, especially when you're that age that you connect with music like that so much. You know, that's why so many people, they always go like, uh, music isn't as good as back when. And it, you go like, how old were you then? It's usually like when they were like 13 or 14. You're like, all of a sudden you're getting like these emotions you never had. You know what I mean? And you're connecting, yeah. people are saying things to you that you actually feel, you're like, oh shit, you know? And you have the time to sit around listening to a song 48,000 times a day. Yeah, that is also what I miss about that period yeah. of my life. So did you take guitar lessons and stuff? 
Yeah, I took guitar lessons, but like I said very quickly, my guitar teacher was like, this kid does not give a shit about learning scales. <laughs> and so I kind of just like, I just wanted to know guitar enough for songs. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you like fully got into it, but it was kind of just like Same when like I was that. in college. Yeah, I mean, I just like, I stumbled into this. Like I was doing it, basically I was like, playing every weekend at breweries and coffee shops in the background. And then it just like, yeah, it spiraled into just the thing I kept doing and still do. Now. Yeah. 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 It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. How old are you? I'm 27 now. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it does get weird as you start like crossing decades of doing this and you're like, you know, you've already crossed a decade of doing it. And you, sometimes you look around and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? What oh, is this? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get to that phase. I think it's like probably the last couple of years I've gone through. Cause like, I'm only, like almost 28, but I just mean like the back half of my twenties. Right. And it's the first time of shifting into like, I remember being the youngest person in the room all the time. Right. 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 And yeah, I yeah, yeah. still think of myself <laughs> as 20 in all these rooms. And I'm like, no, I'm fully the age or older than everyone in these spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, man. It's hard. Do you do you put out your own records? Is that yeah? You do still totally on my own. Um, do I mean? Do you have a? Do you have some kind of uh, support system like management, booking, or or publicist? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. I've got oh, yeah, you have a publicist. Team. That's how you're on the show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a publicist. I have manager, agent. Like you know, there are definitely we've been touring the last couple of years in a way. Um, we've been supporting a lot of great artists, like in a way I don't think I would be able to do on my own, which I'm very thankful for, but it's still like, you know, in terms of, it's still a pretty DIY operations. We're all pretty much in the trenches with each other. You know, it's a, it's a small team, but, uh, we're dedicated. That's good. We also playing some really great gigs. In fact, uh, Michelle, uh, your publicist did write me about seeing you play opening for Jason Isbell at the Ryman and being incredibly moved by your performance. Well, that's very sweet I mean, of her. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, that was quite a show. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Have you been to that venue? I've never been there. No. Yeah. It was, it was my first time, but it was great. I mean, it's just like, it's been cool, man. It's like, I'm sure, you know, it's just like, when you get to progress and it's hard, right? Cause it's like, I think, you know, I can only speak for myself, but it's like, I started out, I didn't really know what was going on playing really, really small rooms. And then it, like it progresses, but it all becomes relative. Right. And yeah. like, unfortunately, like I think maybe it's never enough for anyone, no matter like how fast or slow or whatever you get. And so it's like, it's really easy to just, not think about it or like be proud of these moments, but like, it's cool. Like, um, getting to be around and, and kind of in community with these artists that I've always listened to because Jason is like quite a songwriter and like there are a lot of shows we've gotten open for and kind of people I've gotten to be around of just people I've always really like been looked up to, I mean, and really been inspired by their music. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool. Um, I don't, I don't know how much you hear this, but um, in in my estimation, you belong up there with them. Like I don't know if you if you have if you're feeling dowdy today, but 
I, I, honestly, I believe that. I, I think you're really fucking great. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, like I said, there's a lot of artists. It's very easy to question your space and all of this a lot of the time. Right. You know, I, ju- I just remembered, I remember hearing a lot about the Ryman. My ex-wife is a director. And okay. in the early 2000s, when we were still married, she directed a live concert DVD of Leonard Skinner at the Ryman. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Oh, I know where I've played there at third and Lin- Lindsay Lee. Oh, and Lindsay. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was the band you were mostly touring with? Man? Um, I played there. I was in a band called Gaudi that played there. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember where we played, but there was a band called Endosheen that I played with in the, uh, I don't know, I guess like 19 or 20 years ago. We played a lot there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and since then, like there's a guy named Ian Moore. Do you know him? I've I so. toured playing guitar and keyboards for him, but I also have my own stuff. I just, you know, to live doing this, it takes a lot of shit. I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. If you don't want to have a job, you got to work twice as hard as people that do. It's a kind of exhausting. Oh my god! Oh, dude, I—I I mean, I got my coffee shop gig tomorrow coming up. So yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, I was talking to um, this lady that is a manager and has been for a long time, and uh, it's weird how like. The music business has turned into this real weird, almost like very expensive hobby for artists. Like you can either be, uh, you can either be Jason Isbell or then it's the rest of the people, you know, (laughs) a guy, you know, you work at a coffee shop until you go out on tour and you play these beautiful places, like huge rooms with people like freaking out on your scene. And then you're back the next day, like, Hey, this is, this isn't 2%. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, the actually, reality of life. I mean, are you kidding? Especially at the state I'm in. And I mean, in Nashville, you see that reality every day. But it was like when we played the Ryman, um, someone came after me, up to me after the show. And they were like, hey, do you like work at this coffee shop? And I was like, yeah. Have you like seen me there? And they're like, no, but I was there this morning and I saw like a, a Polaroid of you on the wall because wow. we have like. They're just like Polaroids of like the employees that have worked there. Cause it's like a fun coffee shop. But I was like, yeah, that is right. definitely where I am most of the time. <laughs> Man. Do you happen to know a friend of mine that lives out there named Billy Harvey? Billy Harvey. No, I feel like you guys, I feel like you guys would really like each other. Oh, hell yeah. Is he in Nashville? Yeah, he is. He lives there. Yeah. He's a great songwriter, producer. He makes awesome records as an artist. Like awesome, awesome records. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, well check him out. Dude. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. But I know he hangs yeah. out in a lot of coffee shops. If you see him, you might be like, "Oh shit, I've seen that guy." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so it's hard. So do you like um, as an as an as a career artist like? on your sort of uh you have your day-to-day stuff that you're working on but in your big picture stuff how do you sort of like see a perfect world unfolding for you yeah i mean it's kind of like 
A perfect world, I mean, it's hard, right? Because it's like, I think there are, when you first kind of get into a groove of like the shows get a little bit bigger, you get a little more attention, like it's really easy to fall into, at least I did, of like the short term of like, oh my God, this is all so exciting. But then you kind of, you still there? Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, word. I just didn't know if I was then talking to, if you had uh, logged out. I was just going to say, um, yeah, it's just like, right, it's like I'm definitely in like the space of, of like, oh, how does this fit long term into my life? I've always wanted to do this thing, but like, what does that actually mean, right? right. Getting into your 30s, like, right, right. what is this going to be sustainable? And I mean, for me, it's like, I kind of like, I am... I'm not a person, I guess, that likes to be around it all the time. I like to kind of go away, do my thing, like live my day to day the way I like to, which is like, right, like taking walks. Uh, I swim a lot. Like I cycle a lot. I like to spend time with my friends and family. Um, and I, I love writing my songs more than anything. So it's like the ideal of like, oh, I live a life that uh, pays me. And then I love touring. So it's like, there's the other side, but it's like, I want to live a life that pays me to create my days the way I want to and my life to be just centered around songs. And what's hard about being an artist is it's such a few amount of people percentage wise that actually get to do that and make it lucrative. So it's kind of working to the point where you can do that. If that's what's going to be happening in your life. Um, unfortunately, you know, I wish it was possibility for way more people. Yeah, kind of just exist creating every day. But yeah, it's you got to work. You just have to work a lot of jobs on top of it. Yeah, yeah, you do, man. It's a it's a grind. My my thing. I uh, I've been in a, this cover band called Skyrocket for like twenty something years, and uh, it, like, you know, I came up, it, you know, living in a van in the 90s. Not living in a van, but like, you know, traveling around. Yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could tour. There was like a real middle class independent mm -hmm. musician lifestyle at that point that you could do mm -hmm. because you could sell merchandise. You could sell CDs at shows and collect money for them and make records on the cheap and all that stuff. So anyway, um, uh, like at this point, it's it's that I do this. For a lot of years, I, I worked as a mentor with this thing called the Austin Music Foundation, which kind of employed me for six months out of the year to do this artist development program with a couple of other friends of mine. And um, I play solo. I, this last summer, I, you know the band Fastball? Oh, no. Oh, I toured with them playing guitar and keyboards. Like, there's such a fucking hustle. I just got in a new band with a whole yeah. bunch of songwriters and figuring with all of our powers, we'll be able to make some bread when we go play shows. So, yeah, all that kind of shit. It's like, it's a fucking... So I don't have to go back to Whole Foods. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's it's just like the struggle, I mean, of living in this. I mean, we just live in a society, uh, kind of a structure that really undervalues arts and like kind of what it does for the greater good. Um, unfortunately, I don't know. It's like, I just wish there was more government support in this or just some sort of outside support. Um, because it, it sucks that the world is kind of working against someone trying to be an artist with their life. It shouldn't have to be this hard. I don't think. No, but it's pretty hard. I mean, yeah, 
even even in whatever heyday, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, it, whatever heyday, it's still fucking really hard. It's really hard. Like it, it's hard for you know, uh, Iggy Azalea. You know what I mean? Like it, it's hard. It's a tough. It's a tough racket. Show business. Yeah. But also being an artist, like it's always been. I mean, back. It's funny because there's this thing about like the wealthy and the millionaire artist. And that's a thing that only happened in the 20th century. (laughs) You know what I mean? All of a sudden people were able to get Paul McCartney, like be a billionaire from making music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys that are billionaires. I mean, you know, look at these guys that are, are innovators in our business and seemed like they were going to be lifers like Jimmy Iovine and like uh, uh, Dr. Dre. Those guys quit this shit years ago and started making headphones, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they knew where where to go for this stuff. It's such an odd, it's an odd thing. But to me, the thing that really, uh, sorry, that long, uh, long speech was for a reason. The thing that that stands out to me is that I feel now that like uh, people have to do it because they really want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think unless you get really lucky and things just kind of fall into place without you really trying, I think it's really hard. Um, at least for me, it has been, and it's really been a lot of assessments of like, what are my priorities and why. Do I want to do this? And why do I think it's worth it? And I mean, it is. Um, and that could change. But yeah, it's it's definitely like, you got to want it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, is there, this is such an odd way to say it, but I know it's a reality. So in, in the, like, in the queer and trans sort of, uh, in that world, is is that an audience unto itself? Or are, you know what I mean? Like not, is that a market? Is that a market yeah. that you can go directly to? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a balance. And I think there are a lot of like why it's kind of felt extra important to me doing what I do just because like, I know I reflect an identity that has been pretty discriminated against. Yeah. And I think it's important for people that look all sorts of ways to make their way in every industry, just so people don't feel a little less alone. Right. And so that's definitely been something of course. that is at the top of mind sure. a lot of times when I have a really hard time doing this. Cause it's like, you know, I get, you know, wherever I go or whatever this is now, it's like, I've had moments, um, really special moments, like, you know, kids with just people that have felt really alone. Yes. Most of their lives. And, um, as much as I hate the internet and TikTok and what's going on in that realm, there are a lot of people that you can connect with through that younger kids, uh, queer kids. I was going to say weirder kids, but you know, misfits, outcasts, People are on social media and it can be really real connections you build with people kind of through that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I still hate doing all of it. (laughs) Sure. It's a pain in the ass. Um, (laughs) 
I was wondering about that because of the uh, because of the sort of the empowerment and the and the feeling of empowerment that I got and my empowerment of my own from listening to your music. I can only imagine how de- like your your songs are open enough that everybody that's ever felt outside uh, rejected, not included is able to identify with it. But I imagine with the direct story of it, because there's, uh, even in 25, the the bridge of it, I can't remember exactly the words, but there's a sentiment that you didn't think you were going to live till you were 20. And uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's funny. It's like really 25 is the only song really ever written that uh, is that forthright with it, which I think it's, you know, it's really taboo still in songwriting sometimes just like kind of name the thing um so i've always kind of felt it it powerful to do that in in a clever way but that one specifically yeah i mean it's a lot of like you know 25 is not old i would say as old as i feel at 27 27 is also old um and that's what i'm saying it's like I am dramatic and self-indulgent and like sad, but like, I hope to keep a perspective of like, in the end, I understand you are not that old. You're not running out of time. And at any age, like there's so much possible to you, but it's like when we're in these moments, like you really feel like when you're 25, like sometimes you feel like time's running out and that, especially in music, as it gets younger and younger, it's like, if it hasn't worked out for me now, will it ever? Should I just try something else? And specifically, like, coming from, I think, an experience, I mean, for me personally, like, a trans experience, because the majority of trans youth have either attempted or committed suicide, where it's, like, statistically, when you're in an identity, that's, like, it's kind of, a, you know, 50-50 with her you're going to live past a certain age. And I think that also can relate to anyone who has dealt with depression or like the thoughts of maybe not being here. And it's like, then when you get on the other side of that, you don't want to take for granted time that you might not have had. And so that song specifically is really about like, yes, I know I'm still young. And yes, I know I have this time. But because of my experiences, it feels like I don't have time to waste. And I feel pressure from myself to not waste any moment, which isn't necessarily healthy or realistic. Like, we need to rest and we need to take time and things take a long time, especially careers in the arts. Um, But yeah, that's like really where that time was coming from. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of you, you uh, reflect back to kind of your teenage times, your adolescent years. Um, those were particularly difficult in those times? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think being a teenager is really hard. Uh, it's hard enough being as it is. Trans. Yeah. Yeah, I was like being a trans teenager, especially at that era. I mean, it's, it's hard no matter what. But yeah, it was definitely a complicated time. And that's why it's like, honestly, not a lot of my songs deal directly with that right because it's like my songs generally are a product of like what i'm dealing with day to day and and um processing and like moving through my life and uh a lot of gender stuff was not taken care of for me but like i 
came out when I was quite young, you know, I was 14 and I kind of went through this process and kind of that shaping of my identity back then. So it's only the songs that really are talking about reflection that will like really deal with that. Um, but obviously like it informs every way that I shape my identity to this day. So it's like, no matter what that experience is intertwined with everything, it's just probably not going to be as, as outright as in a song like 25. Right. Right. Um, knowing that when you were 14, I mean, was that like, was that when the challenges really began for you outside of your home for that? Like, were uh, you accepted like, by your parents and everything and your sister and everyone was cool? Yeah, so I had a pretty incredibly privileged experience for that. Um, it wasn't perfect, but I, no, I think the reality of a lot of trans people is is you kind of have to face that you'll maybe lose a lot of people in the process of like that's so gaining a sense up. of yeah, self. I know. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. I mean, whether you're gay or like, I mean, there are so many things that uh, no one should ever have to lose a family, and there's so many dumb reasons people abandon people but i got really lucky i had a really really wonderful group of friends um i grew up in a pretty progressive area you know my parents took a little bit but like at the end of the day we're like pretty incredible and i'm like very close with all my family now um my sister uh was queer then is still very queer but was like really great with me and kind of always was with it uh so yeah, that wasn't so much my direct orbit. It's just it's a it's a tough world to be different. And yes, it is for everyone. So yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate you being open about that. Oh, of Thanks. course, man. It's, know, at this point in my life, it's I'm pretty open. Right, but you never know that somebody could be listening that like you know what I mean that identifies with that, and it can change your perspective. You know, yeah, and I make mean, you I feel not as alone. Yeah, and I think it's like, especially like as we do this and we we get to play for more people and or whatever context, like meeting kids, but also parents of like you know, especially when we play with like people that maybe have an older demo, like like Jason Isbell or like some of the acts we've toured with, where it's like all me parents and they're like, you know, I have a young kid and they're telling me they are this identity and they want these things, but I'm really scared because will my kid ever be adjusted? Will like they ever be able to just like live a life? And like Correct. seeing someone like me or just anyone just like who's been through it, who has a family that still loves him, who has a lot of friends, who has like a pretty gen, like, I don't know. My life is pretty standard at this point. Like sometimes I get to play music in front of a lot of people, but most of the time I'm just like, around and like everyone else so i think that can be quite important to people yeah yeah it's it's probably the older people that are we're reaching which is good because there's a lot of stuff i hear among people my own age that's sort of like all of a sudden there's like this new trend you know what i mean how mm -hmm. some people are viewing it like that where you're like dude come on it's just a little safer for people to talk about who they are now you know yeah. Uh, no, I think that's definitely it. Yeah. Are you, uh, you said you were going on tour this spring? Uh, no, no, we no. don't 
we don't know what we're doing this spring yet. Come on, man. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to be coming down to Austin. I want to go see you. Play. I hope soon, man. I hope so soon, man. You and me both. I like being on the road as much as possible. No, right now I've got, we are really in the baby phases of a new record. So okay. it's all written. It's just kind of figuring out the next thing. So that's the big thing for me right now. Are you going to do a full length or, or an EP or what's your. It's going to be a full length. So oh, shit. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's, it's, it's time. I'm ready. And I'm really excited about it where these songs are going. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear them. I really like, I'm discovering that, your catalog has been great. That, uh, day plan five songs written for the end of the world is also a beautiful EP as well. Um, how do you say your last name? Heltai? Heltai. Yeah. All right, good, good. Izzy Heltai. It's been really wonderful meeting you and talking to you and getting, yeah, to know you you. Too, man. um, please stay in touch. If you do come down, I would love to come see you. And uh, look up Billy Harvey. You won't be disappointed. Sounds good. I, I know I was going to ask you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing the show. People can find you at IzzyHeltai.com. You're on all of the social media things. Um, and uh, Spotify. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Great to talk to you, man. Nice to meet all you. Right. Stay in touch. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, bud. You got somebody. That was Izzy Heltai. You're hearing the song 25 from his amazing EP called Mostly Myself Again, available now where it is you stream and download music. Go to IzzyHeltai.com to, uh, to, for all your Izzy Heltai needs. We have a really, really, really great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him, man. I hope that you liked him. Check out the music. He's such a great songwriter. Um, hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out IzzyHeltai.com that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts, be it uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday, even though I'm dealing with some weird techni- technical issue that's making me have to do jump through all these hoops to post these. Anyway, enjoy it. Have a great weekend, and let's get down. next month, My mind is always racing to get up ahead My therapist arrest is important Take breaks and be patient You don't always have to work so hard to sleep before you get So I do, I trust so hard
Yeah.